When you feel your voice is not being heard, please consider calling the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflections. The show wants to be the vehicle you can use to express your opinion or get your issue out to a larger audience. We're living in a time that we can no longer allow others to speak on our behalf. If you wish to be a guest on the show and discuss on the show what's important to you, call James T. Deshay at 407-394-9819. Your issue or focus can be placed on the calendar. The show is live seven days a week. We can no longer reside in the shadow of life. It's imperative that we're on top of the issues that impact our lives now and in the future. USI never had it so good. 101.1 Radio, the best R&B and hip-hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio, every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com.
tell us what we think instead of, of allowing us to share what we think on our own. Uh, thank you for being with Michelle. You're the only one here right now. I, I wanted to talk about what seems to be an initiative to keep putting men and women against each other, or at odds with each other. And you know um, from the time that you've been with me that I've always felt as though the GOP uh, was on the wrong page. And I continue to think that way uh, because they seemingly are fixed on rolling back the time, no matter what it is that they're doing, their efforts seem to be wanting to take us back to another time and place. And right now, this gentleman who is who was selected uh, to be the next uh, justice on the Supreme Court finds himself in the middle of some major turmoil related to something he did or possibly did when he was in high school. And uh, so Brett Kavanaugh is um, somehow in the midst of this gender that we find ourselves in. And I'm just wanting to talk to those of you and figure out what it is you think about people being able to go back to high school years and try to hold you accountable for something done so far away. And how are you supposed to defend yourself against something that is done so far way uh, that you cannot even begin uh, to determine where it was you were, what time you were there, all that is all the the that is available is this person's word. So how do you defend yourself against something you so supposedly did thirty or forty years ago? Uh, and you have no recollection because who has that kind of recollection? Uh, the person who is saying who's the victim is making up or is telling you what her recollection is. But how do you determine exactly how to defend yourself when things are so far away? I just think it's a little unfair and a little shady uh, for people to come from nowhere and then decide 40, 50 years later uh, that you need to be held accountable for something you did. It just seems strange to me. Good evening, and how is everyone doing this evening? It is, and you know, not only do you not remember but you grow over the years, and you're not the same person that you were. And, you know, we all like to forget things that were not positive in our life. Um, 
Oh, we like to, you know, when somebody asks us, um, you know, I've been asked, and I don't know about you, been asked about certain things in my childhood. You know, you remember when this happened, and it's like, no, I don't have no idea, nothing about that. But certain things stick out in people's mind where others don't. And then not only that, sometimes the way that they remember is not actually the way it actually happened. But for somebody to remember something, you know, as you were saying, years and years ago, and it has to, you know, it has to follow them, um, how fair is that? Um, Because we don't have the same mindset, and we talked about that just a couple of other days. You know, we're not at the same maturity level as we were 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, however many years, you know, we can go back. Um, We would like to think that we have grown a lot. And um, during earlier years, when we look back, we would would think, how crazy was I to do such a thing? And um, as we get older, we see the maturity, the growth that we have within us. So for us to you know, be laid back and uh, to somebody to say or point out something that happened and expect us to remember, or even if we did remember. A lot of times we don't remember things in the same way, especially at a young, young age. And even if it was known between the two that this happened, um, things that happened that weren't good, we want to put those things behind us. So there's different levels of when somebody say, do you remember? No, I don't remember at all. Oh, yeah, I remember, but this is how I saw that it happened. And they see it one way and somebody else see it, you know, another way. I could recall um, my son being told a story by his daddy and his daddy's best friend about how they got into a fight. But guess what? Each one of them remember them winning the fight. So we always remember the things in the exact same way. And so you got, you know, they both was at the same place at the same time, but they, but for some reason they remember it so differently. So, and that can be the case. And then not only that, we could happen to remember, and we put those things behind us because we know at that time, you know, we were, what we would say, just crazy. You know, young and crazy. We did crazier things when we were younger. We didn't reach the maturity level. We didn't have that wisdom. You know, a lot of things happened over a, um, a period of time. And it's so interesting that we were told over a year ago, maybe over a year and a half ago, that. Uh, we need to forgive Trump because he had done something 10 or 15 years ago. But yet you're ready uh, to condemn and um, brutalize somebody for something maybe 35 or 40 years ago. And so I I just don't understand how people uh, can just come out of the woodwork uh, after, when you're in your your 50s and late 50s and 60s, and say, hey, you did this to me when I was in high school. 
So, gee, I mean, how can we be held accountable uh, for something we did in our teens uh, when we are in our senior year? Well, good evening, and I'm sorry I'm late, uh, uh, but I do know what you're talking about. And uh, so, uh, first of all, let me let me say that, um, you know, I, I haven't forgotten anything that I've done. That I did when I was when I was a younger person. Um, some things I'm not particularly proud of. Um, I have heard of the the fact that some people try to and maybe are able to suppress some things up in their past. Um, I, I mean, to me that's only a theory. Um, but I, um, you know. To, to answer your question directly, um, you know, I can't see how anybody would expect to. I don't, I don't see what they what they what they could try to get out of bringing up some old dirt, something that happened twenty, fifteen to thirty years ago, um, and the expectation of getting some kind of satisfaction out of it. I don't. I really don't understand that. Uh, you know, you know, from listening to the young lady's story, she's at this party, swim party, and she goes upstairs to the restroom. All right. Well, the only time you go upstairs to the to the restroom is if the is the, if the party down in the basement, the basement party. All right. Uh, other than that, you, you, there's no real reason to go upstairs. All right. So. Now, I, I've been a teenager, um, and I know that um, people's curiosity level is at a high when, when you're a teenager. Your sexual, your sexual um, curiosity is at all-time high. And so now, you know, she probably didn't think that more than one person would be upstairs waiting on her. But the, the the point is though that she came out way after the fact, uh, you know. But you know, in, in this year, this era of exposure, everybody's looking for a book deal now, you know, to 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 tag her name along with it. Uh, at this time, and my understanding is she's uh she's a, a psychology professor or something to that to that effect. So she's uh she's in uh in the realm of well to do, pretty much. But uh, the promise of a book deal or the prosperity of uh, uh, actually getting something further out of it by her coming forward seems to be pretty uh, prevalent to me. Thank you, James. And Cheryl, as I listen uh, to her lawyer and to all these commentators, just that she is still traumatized by something that happened to her when she was a senior in high school. Now, I understand that if you were about to be murdered or somebody put a gun to your head or somebody did something to you that was going to cause you to lose your life, um, that, that might be something that might stick with you for a while. But here this lady is trying to suggest that someone who 
forced himself on her was not successful because he was all liquored up, uh, that she had to uh, rebuke his advances. And I want to say, how many women have had to rebuke the advances of men and 30 to 40 years later, they're still dealing with that on a day-to-day basis that's creating them harm. I, I just don't know. I mean, uh, just like he said, I remember as a child almost drowning when I was eight, nine or ten. I remember uh, things people said to me that weren't really uh, nice uh, when I was in middle school. Uh, but none of those things do I continue to live with. I remember them, but I don't live with them from day to day. And certainly I wouldn't use them as an excuse uh, to not have a relationship with another person. This lady is saying because she nearly got raped, that she, she and her husband have had difficulties in their marriage. I mean, when do things, when do things go? Okay, now let me explain that one to you. Um, I've had some very traumatic things to happen to me in my childhood that um, I um, maybe only began to remember maybe within the last 10 years, and they were suppressed. Um, You know, somebody talked about my sister's wedding, and for the life of me, I couldn't remember even going, one of my sisters. And come to find out, I did her hair. I did a lot of things at the wedding, and I don't remember it at all. So sometimes when you're going through a period of time in your life and you want to block those things off because of how traumatic they are, it can happen. And then over the years, certain things may trigger to bring up what you forgot, maybe another experience or something else, and bring up and you start to remember certain things. Now, I'm going to say because that has happened to me. Um, And when you say how can she problems in her marriage because of something that happened to her, she most very well can because she has not dealt with the fact of what happened to her. And sometimes people can move on with no problems at all. Sometimes it's very, very difficult moving on because if they're touched in a certain way, it reminds them of the touch of of a person who was violating them, and they're unable to separate the, not that they don't want to, but they haven't worked through what is necessary for them to work through to get past that. And I do know that is very, because I've counseled a lot of people um, that has had things to happen to them, and when they feel like they're in that same position. You know, I can tell you one thing. Um, When I was 18 years old and I had got my first job, I was working at um, 
had a um, just like an outside little mall, not that many stores, and they had an elevator. And I got on the elevator, and the elevator got stuck. And the lady just kept talking, kept talking. I'm thinking you're going to just suck all the air out the elevator. Can you be quiet? We're not going to get no help. I mean, you know, everything was going on through my mind but relaxing. Then I spent years and years and years, I would not get on an elevator. And at one time, I never thought twice about it. And then then years later, I wouldn't get, I have walked up 35 flights of stairs. And no, it's not where somebody else can understand, but I understand in my mind because it brought me back each time to that, that event. Until one day, it was that, you know, I had to confront it. I had to deal with it. I got back on it. You know, and that's something that I had to work through on my own. But because I never worked through it, then I just never got on another elevator. So sometimes we have to work through, and what she probably is some counseling to help her to understand that this person, you know, when she closed her eyes, to not, you know, to help her to not to think about being violated. Or, or thinking about this is my fault that it's happening to me. He's going to do me this and this and that. And our mind has a tendency to go away, just to get away from us. And something very simple, very pleasant, you know, something so natural becomes a traumatic event at the time. And the person who, the husband, you think, well, what's wrong? I mean, I didn't do you anything, but it's nothing wrong with them. It's what she hasn't dealt with in her past that's got her stuck where she is. I can understand it. I really can. But why is it necessary for you to intervene in somebody else's life? You want to bring something back up. How does uh, keeping him from becoming Supreme Court justice gonna help you with the pain that you feel from the experience. I, and listen, I, I I'm trying to understand. I really am because it seems like this is something that women really struggle with. Uh, that these things that happen to them in their youth somehow follows them to even to their senior years. And I try to say, you know. There are a number of things that I don't want to relive that happened in my youth. Um, waking up and hearing my parents fight and, and uh, my father's hands around my mother's throat. I mean, there are a lot of things I don't want to relive, but I don't, I haven't them with me. I mean, I remember, remember them, but I don't deal with them day in and day out. And so I, I'm concerned that somehow, this has become a platform for people to use uh, to destroy the lives of others, uh, and I'm not sure if it's fair. Uh, Stacy, we're talking about uh, the Supreme Court justice who has had this lady come forward who said that he violated her uh, when they were in high school. 
and he didn't rape her because he was unable to get her clothes off, but yet she has found it necessary to bring this forth in this uh, public way. And so uh, the question, first question is, is it fair uh, that somebody brings, accuses you of something that you did 30 or 40 years ago and uh, uh, brings it to light when you're about to get a promotion, you know, and suggest is that they can't get over it. They can't get beyond something that happened to them in high school. Well, he has a position already that's in the public eye, right? Right. He's a, he's already a federal judge. Well, then if she didn't complain then, she shouldn't complain now. And when they were youth, what this happened in high school? Yeah. He's not denying it. Something that he should have addressed before he started public office, perhaps. But um, she didn't come out then. And now all of a sudden she wants to come out. But I understand what had happened. He's not he's not denying it. But, you know, we're not perfect. Well, I said walk before me and be perfect, but we're not perfect yet. So I don't think that that should hold him back um, something he did in his past. He was in what grade was he in? I'm assuming he was maybe a senior in high school. She said both of them went to school together and they went to a party, um, a house party, and uh, this was something uh, he was drunk and his friend was drunk and uh, supposedly uh, they, uh, he tried to Top of her in one of the bedrooms, uh, but because of how drunk they were, she was able to get away. Now the friend says he doesn't remember that, and uh, remotely like that himself. Uh, but you know, the point is, is that how you, how can you even defend yourself against something that somebody says you did thirty or forty, you know, forty years ago? I mean, if he's fifty, I don't know how old he is. I guess. Should look. I saw. Uh, but it seems that you know we're talking about thirty or forty years ago. Well, I feel like the it's the past, and they were drinking. She probably was drinking. I don't know, but it didn't happen. They they attempted in their drunkard state, and she had he never apologized. Perhaps maybe she liked him, uh, which is why she ended up in the bedroom with him in the first place. And the friend was an extra, and maybe his mind wasn't in love like her mind was in love. It's just a lot of details that we don't know. Uh, perhaps if those details come out, it would help him, um, you know, clarify, clear himself. But it's something that uh, she has traumatic event. She has survived it and put a police report then, and now she wants to do it. And she's older now. I can see if she was young and complaining. She's older now. Like, what's the purpose? Money, probably. That's what I yeah. think. Let me just say this to you, and I shared this with Cheryl because we've discussed this. I shared with Cheryl that my daughter was born when I was um, 16. And so that meant her mother and I were involved at uh, 15. And being honest, I was sexually active even before then. And so, you know, the point is, is that if you went all the way back then and said, okay, Deshae, somebody came back and said, well, 
you did this to me, you did that to me. You know, I, you know, I got fans. I don't know where I was, when I was. I mean, I see. I know you talk about you. You know all the things you did as a child. I can't tell everybody who I was intimate with when I was fifteen. Right, things coming well, going. Well, coming I uh, was that for me, James? Yeah, you did. Okay, well, James, uh, unfortunately, or maybe even fortunately, but unfortunately, I I I can't remember. I can uh re- remember most. I really can. Now, but but to Michelle's credit, uh, and her way of explaining a lot of things, I really appreciate that. Um, you know, uh, it it comes down in some cases that people process things differently. You know, when I would listen to Michelle explain what it is, um, giving us a, a a more vivid explanation of uh, what could be, um, it brings to mind also that white women process trauma differently than black women do. Um, black women. Uh, I can say this from my life experience that black women uh, handle trauma uh, a lot better because they don't have the resources to go to. Uh, they don't have the resources to uh, to find uh, affordable counseling, all right? Or they are too ashamed in a way of stig- being stigmatized that they kind of uh, withdraw, or uh, that they they uh, hold everything in until they're better able to deal with the with the uh, with the situations at hand. So, uh, to that to that respect, uh, I, I I do agree that um, you know we have to we have to process things in our own way. Now, when it comes down to Judge Kavanaugh, uh, you know, now we. In this year of exposure, uh, we we come to understand that they don't have the mentality to apologize for anything. All right, uh, what has been revealed to us here in the past couple of years is they will deny, 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 call you a lie, call you fake, deny, 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 until it goes away or you believe the, the more influential person. All right, so we know that's the strategy. Now, when it comes down to per- people like us. Uh, when if a, a person would come up and say, "Look, Rick, uh, uh, when we was 15 and all, and I was a, I, I was a little bit of a aggressive person. I was a little grabby, uh, and and so and if a person would have came up to say, uh, you know, um, your behavior back uh, when you were 15, uh, it traumatized me. All right." Now, what Judge Kavanaugh could say if he was in a position to do so, but you had to understand the position he's in. He's being propped up as a person that could uh, help Donald Trump out if it ever came to that. Because he's, he's the one that said that a, a, a sitting president can't be prosecuted. Donald Trump and party is banking on that. That's why they want him in so bad. All right. Now, so, but the, the common person would say, like Ms. Cheryl said, well, Back in 1976 or whatever, I don't remember it like that. And 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 that's a valid. That's a that's right. The way I remember it was such and such and such and such. And couldn't nobody argue with that because wasn't nobody ever you and that person. But 
in the year of exposure, these people, they're not going to do that. They're going to deny everything because of the monetary game and the position and the game that they're playing uh, won't allow them to do that. Thank you. You know, uh, Cheryl, I'm, I know that a lot of times um, when these subjects come up, people may suggest that I'm always on the man's side. And it's not that I believe this uh, is judged. It's just that I don't like the idea of people waiting 30, 40 years bring something to light uh, and suggest that it happened the way they said it happened. And I want you all to go back and really listen because sometimes we need to just listen to these commentators and anchors talk. And it's suggested that women don't lie, that women don't seek the spotlight when uh, when uh, they don't have anything to gain. And I'm suggesting to you that everybody lies. Now, what you will lie about may be different what other people lie about, but to suggest that nobody lies just, I just find it hard to believe. I mean, I've been a human being for 58 years, and most of those years I've told the truth whenever whenever, whenever she has been put on me. And i give you a for instance. When I was trying to get these tenants out of my house that were not paying rent, somebody told me, call the police and tell them that this person ain't never gave you no money. Tell them they ain't never gave you no money. Uh, you ain't never told them that they could stay here. You never got a contract with them. And initially when the police came and they said, Mr. DeShay, we need you to tell the truth. Because depending on how you tell this story is how we're going to deal with this situation. And so when the man asked me, he says, has this woman ever give you any money to live here? She hasn't given me any money since she moved in that den area. He said, that ain't what I asked you. And that's what I wanted it to be. I wanted to say, since I got her to move from that bedroom into the den, but she didn't pay me, she hasn't paid me any money. He says, has she paid you any money since the wedding? And I could not lie. I couldn't. I wanted to because the person said you could get out if you lie. And she can't prove that you 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 lying. And I had to say, yeah, she's giving me three hundred dollars. Now what three hundred dollars mean when you don't stay in somebody's house for eight months? Understand that there are people who depending on what situation they're in, depending on how angry they are at somebody. Uh, depending on their mental, just their mental state. Men have gone to jail because of white women who lied on them. Men have gone to jail because of what black women have lied on them about. And to suggest that women don't lie is just ridiculous. I think women have a more of a reason to lie than men because a lot of times they've been uh, scorned in a relationship and 
it comes easy when you're scorned, and most women are scorned. So I for myself, I could say, women do lie. Everyone I know lie. And Cheryl, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, just just to say that because of your gender, you tell the truth. I want you all to go listen to these these news commentators and listen to them. Why would she lie? Why would she put herself out there and lie like that? It can be a number. There are women who actually do it. It can be a uh, number of reasons. One of the reasons is, like it was mentioned, it could be money. One of the reasons can be that it may have never happened if two guys don't remember and she remember. Another reason could be that she's mad because you didn't take it any further or she wanted you and she couldn't have you. Another reason could be that she's in her mind thinking, this could be me living my life with you, and meanwhile you destroyed me, and now I'm going to pay back. Women do have a tendency to want to get back. You know, um, not all the time are they willing to forgive and move on with their life, especially if you got something that affects them. If you if you have something that affected me as far as I wanted this, I really wanted, you know, I liked you back then. You you wouldn't pay attention to me. You you was too drunk to even be intimate with me. You know, those things. And then who you think you are that you're going to get, you know, this far in life? Um, I'm going to bring you down. You know, this is just not going to happen for you. And if I got to tell everybody, and if you want to keep me quiet, then you're going to pay me to keep me quiet. So, and like somebody said, we don't know the whole story. So it could be any of those reasons why she wants to expose him. And she may want to expose somebody that, like I said, it didn't even happen the way she said it happened. But because neither one of them, the other two guys remember, then that's the only story that's being going to be told other than I just don't remember. So... It can be any of those reasons. Just pick one of them. It can be anyone. And, no, you know, we're not saying that women can't lie and can't be vindictive and can't be underhanded because we can. But after all of these years, you would think and hope that she would have grown in Christ. And if it would have happened, that she would let God handle it instead of taking this in her own hands and trying to deal with it in a way that she saw fit. So, like I said, something could have happened, and something could have been nothing that happened. So it could have been any one of those things, but we just don't know the story. And we don't. And, Dee, let me just share something with you. And, uh, you know, when you talk about you have not forgetting, forgotten all the, you know, the things that you've gone through, and I truly believe you, but when people suggest uh, that one gender or the other is more likely to lie than the other, I just find that crazy. And I'm just going to give you a for instance. You know, there was a time when I was tall and slender and, and, and was driving a, uh, a, a nice car and just out of college and just really feeling myself when I was teaching and just thought, pretty good of myself, 
And I took a young lady to uh, Disney World with her and her sister, and we took pictures and just had a good old time. And I remember distinctly I let her keep a camera that my mom had bought for me um, because she was going to shoot up the last film and pay for the film to be developed. Well, she came to me a few days later and said to me, you know, she really enjoyed the trip to Disney all these feelings she had for me and I suggested to her that I wasn't looking for no serious relationship and I left it like that. When I remember she had my camera, I went back to her and said, listen, I need to get my camera back. And she said, I don't have your camera. Now, I know she had my camera, but I, you know, and that was, that camera was special because my mom had given me that was my first expensive camera my mom had given to me. But I couldn't beat her up. I couldn't go break down her door and go searching for it. I couldn't prove to the police that I had given it to her. So I had just to suck it up and just move on. But I know she lied. I know she was probably hurt because I didn't say what she wanted me to say when she wanted me to say it. But, you know, so... That's one of the things that I know that people will lie, even if they they might be good Christian people, but they mad, and at that time they don't want to hear nothing about what Christ say. They just want their revenge. Well, you know, Miss um, Cheryl, uh, I want to commend you for your life lessons in life, going through life, uh, because Jamie, everything that Miss Cheryl said, and going with your example. Is absolutely true. And these are some of the things also that we need to pass down to our boys. You know, now, uh, when I say that, you know, looking back at myself, you know, uh, and looking at you and your and your situation that you're speaking of, you know, you uh, was tall, slender, charismatic. charismatic. I, I know you was because now you're, you're a poet. And so, and so, um, so um, these are the things that young girls look for in a man going forward, you know. Uh, and you can imagine what the girls today have to go through not to be able to find anybody that fits that criteria. Come on now. It's, it, it has to be really, uh, really awful for them. But, you know, I, um, I've broken a few hearts in my life, and I've had some close shades in my life. Uh, because, you know, in the era that I grew up in, and, and I'm no way proud of it, what I'm saying. I'm no way proud of what I'm saying at all because I've had some really nice female friends in my life that would have made good wives. Yes, they would have, okay? But, but the era that I grew up in was the era of the player, and that's what I wanted to be. So uh, there was... The, the word of commitment was not even in my vocabulary. That being said, you know when you um, when you put on the facade of being so being a person that these people might want to confide in, and and sometimes we lie too. Yes, we do. Sometimes we lie to get where we're trying to go as men. Yes, we do. Because this is a this is a this is a true program. This is a true show, and I'm not afraid to tell the truth. And so, yes, sometimes we do lie to get the berries that we're looking for. Uh, but 
in that, that can be way detrimental in doing that because you don't know who you're playing with a lot of times. And so uh, so when Ms. Cheryl said, yes, this woman could have held that back, this man probably could, this man probably uh, told her some things, and she probably saw some promise in him, probably saw that he would be somebody one day, and she wanted to be the the Mrs. person in his life. And um, But uh, he, he might have just brushed off wrong. So these things, you know, and, and all that we talk about on your show, uh, these are, uh, should be life lessons that we need to teach our children because, uh, you know, our, our children, especially black children, they, they have a tendency to just, they don't have no guidance, first of all. They don't have no guidance. They don't have nobody to tell them. That's why they stay in, in tough shape all the time. So, uh, Michelle, I, I appreciate you. Uh, Michelle knows what she's talking about, James, you know, because uh, I, I am the, I am the parallel of the things that she talk about. And so uh, I can agree with her wholeheartedly. Thank you. Uh, Stacey, one of the things that we have to come to grip with uh, is at some point men and women have to start to learn how to treat each other and uh, be honest with each other. And because right now this Me Too movement and everything that's going on, it has to be scary to both sides. Men and women still don't know how to get along, still don't know how to treat each other, uh, find themselves at odds and on different sides of the fence. Uh, I see a lot of scary men on these TVs because they're afraid to disagree. Uh, and they, they just say uh, whatever them ladies want them to say, that's what they say because they're too afraid to lose their jobs and their positions. Um, lose their job? It's a lady that has a job that gave them the job, you're saying? I didn't see me too. Well, I'm saying uh, that, you know, we have so many men that have been thrown out of their CEO positions that other men are afraid to support the men uh, because they don't want to lose their job. And uh, what a woman have to do with that? Well, I'm just saying what, what we have to learn how to treat and trust each other, and it seems like in this environment, there's not a lot of trust going around. Oh no, it's not gonna. It's um, everything's broken down. Let's just say everything's utterly broken down. So it's gonna be at odds. We're not gonna have a good relationship because we don't have God as our center point. Everybody doesn't do the things, the commandments that God says. You know, He says. Greatest commandment was the love for the brother and sister as yourself, and we don't do that. We do just the opposite because we're here, and society dictates us on television and um, social media how to treat each other, and it's just a ripple effect. It's not going to happen until we put God in the center of our life, and that's not going to happen until something really bad happens. Probably it's going to have to get worse before it get better. That's what I'm saying. And Cheryl, let me just say this. I tell people all the time, and I've said it a, a whole lot of times, I'm a much better man married than single. Uh, but when I do get into a serious relationship, there's still some things that I would like to see that I can have privacy. I don't want my wife having to go through my, all my 
jackets and all my pants pockets every day uh, thinking that something's in them or having to turn over my phone uh, to her every day because she's afraid of who I call. I mean, at some point, if you don't trust the person that you're uh, committing your life to, then you shouldn't even be marrying somebody. But it seems like we just have a have grown to this point in America where everybody don't trust everybody and everybody, all men are dogs and and uh, women are out there ready and prepared to throw them off their their uh, their high horse or the peak of their 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 existence. Well, you know, when it comes to that. Um, sometimes it's one thing that has happened for one male or female to lose trust. So then everything becomes in question because they have not discussed it, they have not worked through it. So now I'm not going to trust you and you won't tr- and you don't trust me. And then we bring it out of the household and it's the same thing with people. We go by things that somebody else has told us about their relationship with the person, and we take on that in their feelings. And then we start to trust people who have never done us anything at all. So, And trust is very important because when you lose trust in somebody, you know, you've lost a lot. It's like, what kind of relationship can we really have if I don't trust you? Um, it's very minimum. There's um, You put boundaries around it. And, sure, you trying to figure out, well, I don't want them seeing this or that. or they. You know, to me, I respect somebody's privacy. You don't have to worry about me because when I go to the mailbox, if it don't say my name, I'm not going to investigate where it's coming from, none of those things. I don't care if it's your bill or whatever it is. Somebody asks me to mail something, put it in the envelope. I don't care nothing about it because I got enough stuff to deal with, with on my own than to take on some of your stuff. And then all I'm going to do is assume what I saw because what I saw is just one of the many things that go along with that one thing. And those who begin to investigate, it's going to all come out at one time or another. You know, you don't have to worry about it. You don't, if you're going looking for something, you're going to find something. And if you don't want to find nothing, don't go looking for it. But, and if something is going on, trust me, it's going to be exposed. You will find out because it's not that although you may be the last person to know, you still will get to know. And... You know, and sometimes it's not at the time for you to deal with it. Sometimes it don't come up at that time. You know, we have a world of untrusted um, people. We don't trust each other, and because we don't, we don't help each other. We are lax and we slack when it comes to giving our all to another person because we don't trust the fact that they would um, cherish that or they would be grateful for what we give them. And I don't mean money, and that's not what I'm talking about. But 
you know, we feel like we're going to hold back because they're not going to do nothing but walk all over us. They're not going to do nothing but use us. They're not going to do nothing but gather information. So what, you ain't got that much of stuff that somebody have to have that you can't share some of you with um, with others. So we have that for a big problem. We don't trust each other at all, and that's one of the reasons why we cannot get ahead in life, period. Stacey, let me ask, I want to ask all of you the same question. You know, I have a lot of different sets of rules and regulations that I have personally uh, for myself, and I take them into the relationships that I have, but, you know, I've had big odds with some ladies that I talk to about these rules, and I, I just want to see what you all think of them. Now, I really believe that uh, a man should be able to go to lunch with his coworker and be a man or a woman. You know, I've, I've been teaching school for over 30 years, and you have teacher work days, and teachers may decide to go to lunch together. And I don't think it's no big deal. I don't think a man should be going to dinner with another woman. Somehow lunch to me is different than dinner. And uh, so you shouldn't be going out to dinner with a lady and having drinks and then going home. But I've had a woman say, you ain't supposed to go to lunch, breakfast, or dinner with nobody but her if you're in a serious relationship with her. And I'm just saying, you know, once you get in a serious relationship, does that mean that you can't be friends with nobody? Y'all can't go to lunch. Y'all can't stop and have a coat. You just, everything that involves another uh, gender is out of bounds. Is, is well, that, you're talking about at a cafeteria? At, at a um, I mean, school? I mean, teachers? if you're at work, you're not supposed to cafeteria have lunch or you 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 know at lunch at schools the cafeteria not open so you know sometimes we'd leave and go to McDonald's or you go leave in a red lobster or something I mean but it's during lunch and then you gotta go back to work. Right. I think that's okay. Um, I mean some people are insecure and they've been hurt in the past and they can't get past that and they don't want to get past that and they hold you to their standards. And you see if they're doing the same thing, if they're doing things by your by their same standard that they set to you, are they doing it by their standard? And I don't see the harm in doing that. You know, as long as you're in place, you know, as long as it's, it's daytime, it's during the day, right? And yeah. you got to go right back to work. It's just enough time to go get your food. It's not time to eat a, a lot of times. They only give you 30 minutes, an hour if you're lucky. And you're right, right. back at work. And, you know, I've even, i tell you how bad it was for me. And not that it was, I, it was self-imposed, but I've been married twice. I never answered my phone. And the reason why I never answered my phone was because I always wanted my wife to, to know that ain't nobody got no call to me. You got to be, you know, I ain't want to answer the phone. And somehow you say, oh, what are you being secret about? You trying to answer the phone and, and acting like you, you know, you stay being quiet when up by, and so I would never even answer my phone. So you know, I mean, these are things men and women are doing uh, to instill trust. But I mean, it just seems to be, you know, this thing where people just don't 
you know, they just don't trust each other enough to let people have some space. Yeah, they believe in mine, mine, mine. Go ahead. You know, okay, thank you. Uh, James, you know, uh, that's why uh, some people stay engaged for a year or or uh, back when I was in school, uh, we used to call it uh, when you when you dated somebody, and and y'all not really really serious. We used to call it we talk. And and, and during this uh, this convers- uh, this period of conversation, getting to know one another, that's exactly what people need to do more of. They need to try to get to know one another. You know that's when so um, Michelle was talking a, a moment ago, uh, and. You know, and she was talking about how the wife may have these issues of the past, and sometimes the the husband take it personal because uh, he thinks it's him. Well, my reply to that is she should she should have confided in him about all of that. You understand? You know, see, and this go this also goes back to where you know we've we've had cases where the man don't want to be rejected, then he won't go find a girlfriend and kill her. The thing is that. When the the wife should have confided in the husband and let the husband make the decision whether or not this is something he want to deal with, that's what we have a problem at right there. Because people want to hold things back, don't tell, don't want to tell you everything about me. But then when 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 my cat come out in the bag, then they want you to accept me the way I am. That's what you call unfair. You should give me the opportunity to make my decision whether or not this is something that I want to do. Now, when it comes down to um, women insecurities, and y'all excuse me later, I'm just going to say that bluntly, as, as just to try to prove a point. Uh, you know, men have to go through this criteria uh, and through this course of, of obtaining uh, uh, self-confidence and security because that's one of the things that's going to make him a man. Uh, uh, ladies, y'all know y'all know of men that have emotional issues, and uh, a wimpy man, and a man that seems you know want to get emotional about everything. That ain't a real man. I mean, I say that just for the, in the sake of the conversation. So women, uh, they don't have to put on the bronze of confidence like a man do, because see the. the, the Water has to run off a, uh, off a man back like a duck. So mm-hmm. when it comes down to uh, a man not understanding, now, now this is where I got to take issue with a person like you, my friend James, when you say I got rules and regulations and I take these rules and regulations to a, into a relationship, well, man, good luck with that. Because um, that's, that's not being very flexible. Because a meaningful relationship is a, is a lot of give and take. Now, I can say that now because this is my third marriage. However, it being my third marriage and this being my second life that God has given me, it, it, in my past, I have obtained a lot of information. And, and, and this information that I have obtained, uh, there's a lot of corrective measures that need to be done going forward. So... Uh, I understand now, in a meaningful relationship, you go as far as you can in the way of conversation, but also one has to have the understanding of compromise, and that's what makes a relationship last most times. Thank you. And I, I understand the need 
share the compromise and people come together and say, okay, um, you know, let's uh, be fair to each other. Let's trust each other. Uh, but you don't be needing to look at the mileage on my car or I don't have the freedom to go somewhere else other than straight home from work. I mean, and that goes for men and women. I mean, what kind of relationship can you possibly have if you can't trust the person uh, to go uh, away from, you know, go somewhere other than straight home? I might be going somewhere to look for you a gift. I, I might, you know, I might need to go and and uh, just have some peaceful time at the park. I mean, it's, it, it's just uh, it's interesting. When people need, anytime somebody got to know everywhere you go and when you go and where you come, I'm not sure that's the foundation of a good relationship. I um, you talking to Cheryl? Cheryl, are you there? I'm here. Okay. Um, now. Hey, the last part, what you said again? I'm sorry. I'm just saying, when you have to know everywhere your your significant other goes and who they talk to you on the phone, I'm not sure that's a good foundation for a good relationship. That ain't no good foundation at all. I mean, that's, you know, and a lot of times it's not the person who they're trying to keep track problem. It's your problem. It's Sometimes it can be your insecurities that has built up in you that caused you to put that on somebody else. But you can't do that. You can't give nobody else your problem. That is your problem. That is your insecurities. Now, if there's been infidelity in the um, in the relationship, it's the person who stepped out of the relationship. It's their problem. Because, yeah, now you do have to be accountable, man or woman. When they say, where are you, you do need to say, where are you? I mean, tell them where you are. If they need to um, go through your phone, then that's something that they need to do. And what it is 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 that now I'm opening up to you and showing you that I'm an open book. You know, I'm sorry for what happened, and this can be man or woman, and I'm willing to expose myself to you to show you and work through it. Now, it may take the person three years, but if you got to go through it and you're willing to do the work and you're willing to stay in the relationship, then you will go through it. And if you say, like, that ain't you ain't going through my stuff, you ain't going to be asking me, then guess what? We can't work at it past that because now you have done something that has damaged the relationship, and in order to repair it, it's something that I may need from you. I may need more of it, I may need less of it, or I may not need it at all. But whatever I need to get past this, then you need to do it if you're willing to work at the relationship. But if it's my insecurity, no, that is my problem. It's not your problem, and I should not put that off on you. And when I say my, I, that can be male or female. goes either way because things happen in a relationship you know, with either gender at the time. But, no, that's not a comfortable feeling. That's not a comfortable feeling, having to hide your things or, or 
or even hide your keys because you know what? When you're looking for them, you can't find them your own self. It's a miserable feeling. I've done that, been there, done that, and it's a miserable feeling because you cannot keep up with everything. When you want to take and hang your keys on the key ring, so when you're walking out the door, you can grab your keys and keep going. You don't want to take and stick your keys somewhere. Then when you get ready to go somewhere, then you still you trying to find your keys and you're all frustrated. It takes extra effort to be able to, you know, to have to go through that or do that. So that's why in any relationship, communication is the key. If you don't have communication, you don't have much at all because we are no mind readers. We can't understand what the next person needs nor wants. And in order to to um, to give the person what they need or to be able to receive those things which you may want out the relationship, that's where you got to communicate. All right, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back and give everybody an opportunity to say the final word. Uh, but let me just say, uh, Stacy, you have anything you want to add to that? What did you say? Do you do you have anything you want to add to that? Well, I know that um, in the past, from our past culture, according to Bible scriptures, I was looking for that scripture. Now I'll find it. Seven women in the end times, seven women will take hold of one man, and a lot of times women tend to get halted, and they want to say this is mine, and maybe God has it like that that seven women take hold of one man to get rid of that arrogant haughtiness that we have because in the past when David had 69 wives and his son Solomon had a thousand, we were all happy. Um, Whatever way God fixes it is good with me because God knows best. And the women were happy then. Then our enemy came, Lucifer and his crew, and they said, oh, no, you only have one, and and everybody's unhappy. So this is something we're going to have to deal with in the future. Seven women take over one man in the future. And it takes away that haughty spirit that we have that I'm in and you're out, that in-out feeling. Um, you know, I got your man and uh, I got my man and you go get yours. There is the, uh, then, it's, then the priest, if somebody wants, it's, it's not just seven women take hold of one man. There's another way, uh, if you're a priest, the priest has one wife. So you don't want to be a part of that. I'm okay with whoever wants seven women or whatever woman want to be a part of that, I'm okay. But for me, I would prefer to have a priest. That's a man that has one wife. And scriptures talk about both sides. Um, so it's all coming to a, a eventually um, a full circle, back to where it used to be. And everybody was happy. The wives were happy. The husbands were happy until our enemy came among us, Satan, and his philosophy. And now everybody unhappy. So I don't like that seven seven idea, but it works back then. So if you know who to say, we won't be happy. All right, uh, so, D, you anything before I take a break? You want to say? No, sir. You go right to break. All right, we'll be back, and we'll give everybody an opportunity to say that kind of word. All right. There was a time I knew that 
um, and um, she said, be fruitful and multiply. We done got down to just the children I have in children because us, these older women, middle-aged, 35, 40 and up, they don't want to have babies. They don't. And they'll be, it, was, it was a, it was a um, commercial sale. Why should I be punished with a baby? And this is the philosophy. So abortion is popular and we're popular and, and God's mad at us about this. So we have to take away the reproach. So I'm whatever God's got for me, I'm good with it. And I'm, I don't, I mean, if I want to, but I prefer to, like I said, I prefer to have my husband a priest, but my husband right now, and he's with another woman and we're trying to get on the same page uh, from our belief. Um, and, and, you know, I don't like it, but but I sent him away, <laughs> and now after all my toil and trying to find the right guy, it's a long story. Um, you know, it's, I'm back at I'm back with him, not with him. We haven't gotten back consummated the marriage, but we're talking. We have family, children together, four children. He has uh, five children. He has four with the other lady, and she has a problem, you know. But she was the one that interrupted our marriage. That's why I left him because she interrupted. Says I'm the troublemaker today. I'm the troublemaker 23 years later, but. This is the situation. We have to have love one for another, and if we don't, God's we're on the hook for it. God's not happy with us. There's a lot to this that doesn't meet the eye that we have to deal with because he's going to take us through the fire, and the fire is what's about to take place now with um, the economy going bust and um, the stock market crashing eventually, and we're going to be back in Jacob's troubles. It's a, it's a passage. It's a chapter of some Deuteronomy on 37, on the belly of the dry bones, and Jacob's troubles. We're about to go through. Don't see it yet, but everything's about to hit the fan, and we got to get on the same page with God because my people who are called by my name do humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear them from heaven and heal their land and a whole lot more. Deuteronomy 28 tells you the blessings and curses of obeying and disobeying. So, but it's a good thing we're talking, and here we are. But, Cesar, I really appreciate you being honest. That's what this show is all about. We have to be honest, and the only honesty can help others. And so we just have to be real about what's going on in our lives and the direction we want our lives to go in. And I totally understand uh, your need to want to to find someone who is committed to you and only you. And uh, I just think I have to be honest with you. I, I, I don't have the energy or the uh, inclination of dealing with more than one woman, one woman, one, more than enough <laughs> to do it and have peace. You know, so I, I, my daughter, dad told me a long time ago, nothing more important uh, in life than peace. And uh, you sure can have it when you're trying to chase more than one lady at a time. Uh, Cheryl, uh, yeah. what's your final thought for this evening? This was a very, very good um, show um, this evening. Very, very good conversation, um, making us aware of a lot of things, bringing out um, different scenarios and how things could be um, very educational to those that are listening. And hoping, um, you know, began to participate. Um, I mean, I was really excited about um, this conversation and, and especially the honesty, you know, like you always say, James, to be honest, um, this is a show where we are going to be honest, and um, and we all try to um, do that as far as bringing that honesty to the table when we're discussing things because it's hard to understand 
when you cover up things, but when you let things go and you're honest, we can see a, a clearer picture because when you mm-hmm. cover up, you got to omit certain things, and it's, and mm-hmm. we got to figure out what goes in between that conversation, you know, mm-hmm. and we can always have room to improve ourselves in the things that we do, you know, and let's not count each other, um, hold each other accountable for things that happened so long ago because that is not allowing them to grow as we want to grow. You know, we expect God to um, to help us to grow and to lead us and guide us in everything that we do. And if we expect that from him, why shouldn't the next person not expect the same thing from him as well? And we have to give them that opportunity to be able to do that. Because if we don't, then he won't give us that opportunity as well. So we got to do what it is that we're supposed to do, and that's love each other and show love and show respect and begin to trust each other. So whatever we do, we can always do more. Uh-huh. All right. I thank you all so much for calling in. Uh, this show can't be what it is supposed to be without your participation. Uh, thank you all so much for taking the time out to call in and to be honest. I just want to share uh, all of you to take advantage of listening to this show and calling in. Again, we're here seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And we're here so that we can talk about the things that impact our lives now and in the future. Take care, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Children, and don't let them fall by the side of the road, and teach them to love one another. That heaven might find a place. Thank you.